I must break you. I say as well on the beard watch I think we're <laughs> right between in the sweet spot between Riker and Bellamy right now <laughs> I think well you said the b word I think out come the clippers at that because <laughs> you're not wrong the second you said that I'm like oh I was just got to the point where I was like oh I just like want to see now it's been over two months so I'm just like how just to see where it goes but I don't want a Bellamy. I don't. I was. I would be happy for a Tom Hanks in Castaway. But I think I already had my own version of that when it was all bleached golden by like you know the Brazil sun. Whereas now it's just going to be Scraggy Badger. So really, it's going to be pure Bellamy, isn't it? So <laughs> it maybe it's time. It looks great. <laughs> it's a bit Mandy Potemkin. That's all I'll say. Yes, that's, that's there too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> A um, bit of a dark story, sad story, gear oh. change. Well, today, um, and I don't like dating, and if you know, I don't know if this is going to be in the final pod anyway, but not to date a podcast. But yeah, yesterday, uh, Michelle Nichols, who played Bahura yeah. in Star Trek, died. And that's all very sad and so forth. And I like Star Trek very much. And yeah, so very sad for all of that. But in a kind of an extra dark twist, I woke up this morning. And of course, naturally, I went straight to geek.com or whatever it is I look at. And it said, who is dead? And I was like, oh, no. And then it's the 1st of August today. And I have, a, a, perhaps unsurprisingly, a Star Trek calendar. And in for July, it was a horror. And it's a big picture of a horror. Mm. And today, minutes after hearing of her passing, I came in and it was, you know, you would never write it in a film because it's so fucking on the nose. But I changed the calendar to the 1st of August and thus said goodbye to Uhura on that day. Oh, you know, man. it's crazy. And I can't be the only person in the world who has this Star Trek calendar. So I can't be the only person to have noticed that today. Um, so, so there you go. So a little poignant note. Yeah. Live long, prosper or prosper at the very there's some yeah. lovely posts out there, aren't there? Um, about her and stuff. Yeah, man. Fair play. Fair play should be what an incredible coincidence on the on the calendar yes. as well. Now, what if you see behind me? I have a calendar of like Neil Kinge and so forth, and it's on August is you. And does that mean <laughs> at the end of the month your your time is up? Is that like a roll doll <laughs> short story or, or an episode That's of a drama? Great drama? idea. I love that. that. Could happen. Like your, your clock is ticking, Dorian Gray. There you go. There you are. That's, that's a that's brilliant idea. For a, for a little short story. I love that. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, mark the date is the tagline to that short story, if short stories had taglines. So there you go. Jimmy. Well, I'm going to definitely look twice um, as I cross the road during the month of August. God, if I don't, <laughs> and a bus gets well, just, through the just bus wait till the end. in the clip. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hope you oh, won't look forward to September. That's what I have to say. <laughs> but I'll <laughs> say this. <laughs> hey, man, um, shall we jump straight in? Because like you say, this is liable to go, shall we say, all the way? Is that even wow. a boxing term? 
I'd um, say all 12 rounds. rounds. Yeah, 15. Is it 12 well, rounds? Is it 15? Oh, well, we're off to a roaring start. We obviously <laughs> know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, Jimmy, what is this? What's going on? Damn you. Tell me. Well, let me say with full heart, welcome to Shoulders of Giants. Listeners, <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I know. Hello, it's new. I'm Sheppy. No, it's I'm nice. I I'm like protesting it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, see what well let, let's see. Listening once round the block is probably enough, but <laughs> I like the gumption, so I respect you, sir. But yeah, let's let's close the garage door on that one. Uh, that's that's all right, though. Shoulders, giants, Jimmy. What is that? What on earth are we doing here? We Sheppy are the. Um, the embraces of IP. I do this differently every time as well, don't I? The embraces of IP. <laughs> the, the embraces uh, we, of IP. Yes, we 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 create sequels, prequels, spin-off TV shows to beloved classics and not so beloved classics, Sheps. And we, uh, you know, we we. Um, You're still talking we, about Flight of the Navigator because I'm telling you that has an ardent, strong fan base of which I'm one of. They're called the Eyeballs. <laughs> Because of that massive eyeball that's on the ship. So you lead flashes of the flight of the nature all over the place. <laughs> well, how how would I join the eyeballs? What's my initiation? Would I have to I guess you just got to do a really good impression of the eyeball, do the oh, noise God. that it makes when it opens. But don't do it now. Go go away and practice for a bit. Let's, <laughs> let's not get right off course. But you're absolutely right, Jimmy. Shoulders of Giants, very nice podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Well, no, you know what? Maybe future Jimmy just cut this, but I was going to say right before we started, or maybe keep it in, I don't know. But, um, in, you know, we haven't been doing these sort of like, you know, contact us, we'd like to hear your thoughts bit at the Ooh, end yeah. recently. No one ever contacts us, so what the fuck? And we always have nice outro music and plagiarism stuff and copyright infringement. So I'm, I'm loving <laughs> that. Um, but maybe we can record one, or you can record one, like a new one saying like, hey, Leave five stars wherever you're, or yeah, leave a, a rating wherever you're listening to this. We'd really appreciate it. Pow, pow, just something like that at the end of an episode. I think that's episode. lovely, Sheppy. Well, let's have it here as the middle in yeah. case people don't make it to the end as well. We'll leave that little bit in. Well, well, I think they, we lost them already. The people, <laughs> they were, yeah, let's say 98%, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, so nice, Sheppy. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and Good also recovery. the. Let's just say get in touch as well if you want to. You can you can fill out a little form on our website, shoulderspod.com, where by the way, we have lots of fun little pages where we we sort of um, create a page for each episode with some fun little behind the scenes pics and whatnot, and a wonderful yeah. blurb written by Sheppy every week as well. Jimbo, for today's episode, you're the chap who selected the title of which we did. And I was immediately like filled with excitement when you said this and the possibilities immediately became apparent to me. And I would never have thought of this in a million years and I never considered it. Uh, and I was very happy the second you did. What, Jimmy? Because no one knows. Uh, what are we uh, talking about today? Today, Sheppy, we're talking about an alternate Rocky Five. So I guess a direct sequel to Rocky Four, um, right. which um, will replace 
Rocky Five in the canon in our yes. new little universe, you know. So. Imagine a chess piece being deftly knocked aside. Now, <laughs> say it. We, I think we say it a lot. I hope we say it a lot. That this is a show of love and respect, and it's and we're called Shoulders of Giants. So we're never like we could do better. But every now and again, through necessity, we all, you know, we're like this exists instead of this. I will say this for today's instalment in terms of Rocky Five. And I'm sure I've mentioned this in another pod. There are certain films which go into a certain category in my life, which are so bad, they don't even loop around and be good or in any way enjoyable. They're just bad, bad, bad. And they're all sequels or connected to a franchise. And their badness makes it even worse because they're connected to something I love. And that you know, escalates it and means I really... Not even as a getting drunk and ha ha ha. It's like no, I know there's no enjoyment for me there. And you know, you might yeah. You know, so for example, for me, uh, Die Hard Five, um, Indiana Jones Four, Star Trek Nemesis, uh, and Rocky Five. Uh, I've seen Rocky Five once, and it was on TV, pure diet coke break, and it was um, it was just on, and I just watched it on like a Wednesday night. And it says everything that I never watched it before that, not rented it or anything. And I loved the others. And I just knew that I wasn't going to like it. And I watched it. And you might say I was negative going into it. But if it was good, I know I would have been like, oh, my God, that's great. It's good. Um, and I haven't seen it since. So Rocky Five absolutely is in that thing where I'm not even tempted to, to, to watch. But having said that, my Rocky Five is in no way like Yabu sucks to you too Rocky 5 how dare I it's my sequel to Rocky 4 and by the way you might say there is well there is absolutely already a sequel to Rocky 4 and it's called Creed 2 so that's that's nice in that whole aspect and I bloody love yeah. Creed 2 but we'll get to that all of that but I just wanted to say hooray for Rocky 4 I'm a big fan Bond films generally start small and get it you know, bigger and bigger and bigger until it's huge, and then they snap back. And they did it with, you know, Maj you know Majesty's Secret Service was a small one after, you know, a year and a half twice, and they did it again and again and again. Um, with Rocky, that's what Stallone, I guess, was trying to do, was like there's Rocky Four, which is big and huge and massive and crazy. So with his Rocky V, he wanted to snap it back and take it back to its roots. But in this case, it didn't work for whatever reason. Um, so, whereas Moonraker then had fewer eyes only to snap it back after James Bond goes global and saves literally the population of the Earth. So imagine a Moonraker too. It's like, well, what now? What? He travels in time. James Bond fights the dinosaurs. What? So, um, yeah, so that, that's just a tiny, tiny direction. I don't think I've gone silly, but that's an, an idea of sort of my mindset, which is what got me so excited when you first set this. I'll be honest, Shippy. I think we're on exactly the same page with this too, because I I feel the same way uh, as you do about Rocky Five. I will come back to a little bit more of a personal Rocky Five in a minute, but I, on on this point, I completely agree. And it feels like Rocky and Rocky Two are that sort of twosy. You know, they kind of do connect to one another and they do talk to one another, like you say. And then Rocky Three and Four are very much of a piece too. And I think the snapback that you're talking about is really interesting it doesn't work and um and i feel like there's something tonally missing just some dna between 
rookie four and rookie five and that's what i've learned into and as i got to my pitch that's the bit i'm most excited <laughs> i can't wait because i feel like this sort of the idea of a little trilogy of more fun rockies to me is very appealing and i mm. i sort of i kind of try and land the plane so that rocky balboa can pick up so i oh, try nice. and sort of pull the threads together so it can just be in the that universe again because i don't want to yeah. lose any of the other movies so, uh, it really is like the whole Rocky films, like there's no gap in this universe between Rocky V and Rocky Balboa. It's like Bond, there was the Rocky film every like three or four years, all the way through the 90s, right up until like 2005 or six. And it's like, yay. And so therefore the style is like Bond in that it's all over the place, but that works. Like Doctor No, Moonraker, everything in between die another day casino royale it's all like yeah it all exists and it works and that's the same with the rocky film it goes up and down and up and down to our let's say 11 or 12 films up until creed and creed 2 <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's 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 a lovely universe i would like to live in there. that's the same universe where arnie just spent the 80s and 90s making conan films every two years that's that's the universe i would also like to live in <laughs> so, so yeah Jeffy, when when do i need to do my confession when do i need to yeah. do this should i do it now I yeah so let's I do it now is... i don't know what the confession is it sounds like i know what the confession is <laughs> uh, no, well, i love this, to know your confession is this the biggest version of betrayal at the movies like which we used to feel sometimes i know i did it to you twice once with arachnophobia with kevin well, um and uh, <laughs> we have to talk about kevin jim that's a <laughs> that's a scar that runs deep my friend <laughs> And then the other time was <laughs> Alan Wood and I attending uh, Rocky Five ahead of time. Now, and, uh, I have to say something. There were three times in my life, and I might be wrong on one of them, but I think there were three times in my life in the late 80s, early 90s, where I had the opportunity to go with you to the cinema, and for whatever reason, I declined. Now, one of those, I would say, was The Little Mermaid, because I didn't want to see no Disney kiddie film, because I was like 10. I'm too old for that. The other one was arachnophobia because I was 10 and I was like, I'm I was like fucking 13. And I was like, I'm not, I'm scared. I'm not going into arachnophobia, so I'm not going to go. Rocky Five, I genuinely, that's the one I'm not sure. Maybe I was like, oh no, I really wanted to see Rocky Five. Damn you, wood <laughs> and wheat. But in this case, I don't, I think I just never wanted to see it because I always sniffed in the air that it was a stinker. I think I knew that we were in a sallow patch of Stallone's career. So I don't think so. And as for Kevin, I was happy for you. I, I sang an Adele song and I moved on a little bit and then you know, we were reunited. So it had a happy ending. We went to see Hot Shots. So everything's under control. So in terms of you seeing Rocky Five at the cinema and me not, I'd like to at least believe that it was my choice because the alternative will break my heart again. <laughs> Listen, um, I wish we'd had this conversation years ago. It would have saved me a lot of money in therapy. But, I, <laughs> but yeah, look, that's the only time I've seen it, by the way, that once. And wow. I was... Was I that was, a Cranley? It was Guildford. It was full oh. Guildford, which, which kind of, for whatever reason, makes me feel even more like it's more likely to have been a gross betrayal I don't know why, but just it being there rather than... <laughs> going just... to Guildford, going to the big screen, was it screen one? Did you eat the popcorn, Jim? Did, did you yeah. eat the popcorn? I think it might, I have, been, it. I might have actually been less than oh. square now, I think about it, next to <laughs> Talia Shire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, uh, 
anyway, there was not much more to say about that apart from sorry, <laughs> if in case. Um, but just um, I re as I was just waiting to come on the pod, I was rereading Rocky Five. I watched the trailer again before this. It's quite a meaty little trailer. It's all right. Um, and then I, I watched, uh, I, I read the Wikipedia kind of just plot summary of Rocky Five, which I hadn't even done before. This is no need to. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not replicating that. And there's a couple of little threads that are similar to mine, actually, funny enough. But it sounds awesome. That's really what I wanted right. to get to. As you're reading right. the plot, you're like, oh, that sounds pretty chunky and meaty. And you've got Avildsen back. And then, like, and then you see, even on the plot summary, you see where it takes its turn and it screws up. And it screws up with the street fight, I think. You know, you might have just about got away with the snap of tonal change, but the street fight at the end, it's just a really stupid idea. It's Do you think it's just idea. not satisfying? I just, it's I like just it's think it's irresponsible, actually, in some ways. It's a bit weird and a bit odd. Oh. And a bit like, you know, and there's even, a, I'd forgotten, but even the trainer who Tommy Gunn or whatever goes off with, um, you know, where after Stallone's beaten Tommy up in the alley and he's walking away from him, like, you know, the trainer says, like, it just says in Wikipedia, so if I'm paraphrasing, got it wrong, apologies, Rocky diehards, but the trainer says to Rocky, you know, to put one finger on me and I'll sue you. And Rocky apparently just lamps him, knocks him out, leaves him on the body and just says, sue me for what? You know, and then moves on. You're yeah, like, oh, no, well, maybe no. That. <laughs> I, I don't remember that much about Rocky Five. And for the record, I saw this, I'm going to say 1995 or six, but I'm going to say 1995. Mm. Um, and it was on TV. And I remember that bit. And it's not the trainer. It's this Don King um, guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who's, who's 100% Don King. Um, 100% apart from the hair, but everything else, the performance and everything. Um, it's not subtle. So, and and he says, yeah, you may. And he says it a couple of times. They build it up in the film. And at the end, he says to Rocky in the alley, they're figuring he hit me now soon. And Rocky then lamps him. And sue me for what? I don't have any money. It's like, that's not how it works. You don't get away with things when you're poor. Rocky, you know, the, the, so, yeah. So I remember that. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. So Ricky is pretty much correct, I yeah. Anyway, but let yeah, me say that... this: Stallone, as ever, always gives his characters really good names, and Tommy Gunn is an amazing name. And I bet he's kicking himself that he used that instead of like saving it for the Expendables. But that is great. And let me just say, Club Alang, Apollo Creed, just really good names. And you know, why not? Like, what am I going to call my big Russian man, Ivan <laughs> and Drago and <laughs> Smith? It's like John Smith. So it's, um, that's insane. And Tommy Gunn, um, yes, and Mace the Line Dixon, fair enough. Um, yes. Now, Jimmy, is this a good moment? I mean, so do you remember when you saw Rocky Five in the cinema in Guildford? Um, did you enjoy it as you watched it? No, I think it was, it, it wasn't, you know, let's Beverly Hills Cop three level disappointment yeah. but it was um you know I knew it was a, I knew it was a poor movie coming out of it yeah. and maybe I also had all that residual guilt to deal with as well like you know I, 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 <laughs> I, I yeah so but I it sat with the whole experience <laughs> yeah I think I barely touched my popcorn but I but yeah the um no I, I yeah I've never wanted to revisit never cared to um and yeah. bearing in mind you know, disclaimer here, 
Rocky, original Rocky, is one of my all-time, like, it's in the top 10 movies for me of all time. Yes. I watch it once well, a year, minimum. Like, I love it. I love, love, love it. Um, but this is a segue like no other. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm riding this all the way. <laughs> yes, Rocky. Let's, if we can, we can, we can spend a little time and, you know, some more than others, but on, on each film we can go through very quickly on some of them, I think. But in terms of Rocky, of course, it, it is a five-star perfect it's safe to say and like you it's right up there for me as a kid it was never my favorite but you know you grow older and it is a quality film do you remember the first time you saw it uh only very vaguely sheppy i think i might have i'm i could i couldn't even tell you like whether i saw two first and then we're back to one or something yeah. you know there's some there's some shuffling going on there for me but i i think um I think maybe like ITV or BBC did a run of Rockies at one point, you know, and maybe, you know, on a Saturday night or something. And, you know, but um, yeah, was, I, I, yeah. I remember personally, I was very familiar with Rocky 2. And so when I watched Rocky 1, it was weird seeing everyone look younger, obviously, but very different in age and very different and all of that. And also it is slower. <laughs> and so it was like when I, I was very familiar with Blackadder 2. And then it was like watching the Blackadder after that. And it's like, oh, that's a very different thing. Um, so I think that was my, my going into it. Did you, so well, just for myself then, when I was a little bit older, I kind of discovered Rocky. And I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, I mean, I knew it was good. But this is actually, yeah. oh shit. Do you, yeah. You were I, I can't remember what age I was there, but I'd say probably late teens, if not 20s, yeah. Sheppy. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you, man. Like there's something... There's some special sauce in that Rocky movie, which is sort of also wrapped into the Stallone story for me that I find incredibly inspirational. You know, just the whole thing obviously is building to the crescendo with the getting stronger and everything, you know, it's just wonderful. But in terms of the slow burn of the movie, uh, but, and, and as a kid, sorry, I'll just quickly say this one point too. I remember being a bit of a dick and not really quite getting the full message of the movie and like being a bit, oh, he wins in Rocky too, so that's my favourite. Like, do you know what I mean? And then Rocky uh, was like, oh, you know, but anyway. But, um, well, yeah, yeah, but when you were a kid, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, uh, but, but I just want to say like, chops to Stallone, and and a quick little podcast pl pl uh, plug for something else. I don't know if you uh, caught wind of this yet, Sheppy, but there's a Rob Lowe podcast out there called Literally with Rob Lowe. And it's a really fun, lovely little podcast where he talks to people he's worked with in his career and others and has loads of celeb anecdotes and stuff. And literally yesterday, he was talking to someone about Stallone. And I thought, well, it's relevant to show this on the pod. But he said, basically, Stallone is the most um, obvious example of someone who's pulled themselves into the industry and by their bootstraps with zero nepotism, like just absolutely nailed it, wrote his Rocky script, you know, demanded to be in it with his own like way of negotiating. And the dog that's in the movie is the dog that lived with him in the yeah. car while he's writing the bloody script. <laughs> All this stuff is just wrapped into it, into sort of a special kind of vibe around that movie and like what then happened to him and like, yeah, I just and he was awesome. offered so much money, and then they said, "We'll get Robert Redford. We'll give you." And he had nothing. He was sleeping in the car with farting dog and everything, writing his script and all that. And it was too cold to roll the windows down. Uh, and they offered him so much fucking money, and he said, "No, I'll take still a lot of money, but like a, a substantially, you know, a massive amount less." And and but I have to be in it, and it was his ticket, and and it's so parallel to Rocky himself, and so good for fucking Stallone man yeah yeah love it 
and they're getting stronger. The run is just extraordinary, isn't it? Well, we can talk about, yeah, the direction, the acting, and of course the score of Rocky and the Bill Conti score, all of that, it just elevates it to this, I mean, it's, it's this supremely evocative score and so emotionally manipulative and so powerful and Stallone creates very manipulative in a great, pure cinema sort of way. Take it on this ride. Um, it's such a slow burn with Rocky, and so when you know the end fight and then the big resolution at the end, it's uh, yeah, it's good Can stuff. I just say something quickly to Sheppy? And I don't want to jump around in the chronology of Rocky, but I will say you and I did a double bill of Rocky yeah. and Rocky Balboa with your mum in the yeah. in Cornwall, and um, and I remember being very nervous about watching that with you two because. I'd seen Rocky Balboa with my girlfriend at the time at the cinema and to say I'd been in pieces like during Rocky Balboa and all the funeral, the um, graveyard moments, like yeah. I am so deeply invested in the Rocky and Adrian relationship, the pathos that the Conti score and everything just builds around them. Man, it gets me. I just find them so endearing and lovely. Yes. And, uh, and just and even just whenever I watch Rocky now, even the first pet shop scene between Rocky and Adrian now, like, I just hear, I just, it's going to get me. Like, I, I feel myself welling up even talking about it. It's ridiculous. Yes. It's ridiculous. But, um, yeah. Um, I'll say um, that was a good, it does work very well as a double bill. Um, it, it's very good. Technically, you should really watch Rocky 2 as well for it to make more sense. But, you, yeah, yeah, it worked very well. It's like uh, First Blood and then Rambo. It works again with a very good bookend, actually. Rambo nice. Yes. Um, in terms of Rocky, if they had never made any sequels, and I know Rocky won Oscars and it's very well regarded, very well regarded to, to this day, but if they had never made any sequels to Rocky, right now um, it would be much higher, you know, it would be in much more top tens instead of top mm. hundreds. Um, it, and, you know, and you could say, I, there was a, a, a board on Ain't It Cool News in like 2005 saying, ask Stallone questions, write in a question and we'll select them. And I wrote one in and it wasn't used. But my question was, and it was when Balboa was coming out, or maybe it was when Rambo was coming out. And I wrote with all the massive, and I say this now to you, Jimmy, I bloody love the sequels of Rocky. I love them. I'm glad, so glad they exist, blah, blah, blah. I love them. I love them. I love them. Um, but the point, like you were saying, Yabu sucks, I prefer Rocky too because he wins, yay, yay. That whole thing where the point of the film is, you know, it's not how much you hit, it's how hard you get hit and then get up. It's like, it's not about the winning, it's about the taking part and surviving. Um, and and then he gets together with Adrian. That's the story, that's the victory. It's over them coming together and their love. Where's your hat, Jimmy? Where's oh, your hat? Shut up. So, you in it. So, so with that in mind, and since the whole point of the film is that it's not about the winning in that sense, uh, for then the sequels to be about he wins, he wins, he wins, he always loses, but he wins again. Win, win, win. It is like, okay, and again, so glad those films exist, but it does kind of, de you know, it misses the point of its own beginnings. And it's like, oh, that's a joke. And I think, you know, because the sequels, there were so many, and it was a joke, even before Rocky V, before Rocky IV, it was like in Airplane 2, there was a joke about Rocky going on for too long, and there's like this really old guy. And then Space Wars, Rocky V, Thousand. 
That was mid eighties. So the fact that technically, you know, 2005 for God's sake and so on, but it worked, you know, but it was, I think, you know, and that's another reason, of course, everyone, it was five years later for Rocky Five after Rocky Four, and everyone was like, oh, fuck off. Um, and then Balboa, <laughs> so it worked. So, so good for him. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't strictly necessary. But yes, five star, Rocky, we both agree is the best and it's right up there in general films. Was there anything else you just wanted to no, mention? No, happy, happy to move on to two, Sheps, nice. if you are. Yeah. What do you think about two? Well, I have to say it's kind of, it is wrapped up into Rocky One a wee bit for me too, yeah. honestly. But um, yeah, I, I love it as well. I, I probably go, I need to watch it again. But let's just say today out of love, four stars. I feel like it's a good and It's a bit ridiculous, yeah. the end, isn't it? Like the two of them on the canvas, the first one up well, wins the thing, right? <laughs> I'll say this very quickly. I see the Rockies into these three or four categories. You've got Rocky one and two, and they kind of feel like Jaws one and two. It's the same sort of universe. Three and four, 80s crazy. Five, 1990, it's totally its own thing. And then Balboa and the two creeds are that. And those are very clear sections of Rocky. And so Rocky two has that, but it does have this element of, you know, he's running, he doesn't just do the run like in the first film, he runs and he's got thousands of kids chasing him like Pied Piper and shit. And it's like, well, that shouldn't work. But it's like, oh my God, you get so wrapped up in it. You're like, go, go, go. And it's like, and running and jumping in slow motion with all the kids around him shouldn't work. I should be like, what the fly? But I don't. I'm like, yay. So it really works with me. Um, and I do, I like Rocky too very much. Uh, I've got to say though, Sheppy, when you just segmented it like that, God, it's hard actually. Because through, you know what? I love all of those segments apart from the five standalone for their own reasons. I was about to say to you that the last three have almost been consistently the, you know, the most rewatchable now for me. Like, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. going into the, the the rest of my life, I'll probably be watching those three the most again. What, one, two, and three. Oh, sorry, I mean the Balboa Creed Creed too. Like I, I Creed, we'll get to all that later. But yeah, well, yeah. Yes, but just that, that that segment I was about to say, I think is the most consistently four star plus. But then right, you I think see. about it, and you think Rocky One and Two are pretty bloody amazing, and Three. You know, so well, let me. I'll say this about Two. Um, I really like Two. It is a bit of a slog for me to get through because I'm like, oh my god, all right. Also, it doesn't help that Rocky has. Out of all of the films, it's his worst hair, easily. Um, he's got terrible hair in Rocky too. So, but I will say this, in terms of the screenplay structure, it's absolutely masterclass. Every single scene is a step forward in terms of narrative. Every scene leads to the next one, leads to the next one, and it's all just straight line to the end. It's, there's not a, a millimeter of fat on that thing. It's really good. So, so I like that. Um, you do have to get through it all. You're like, you know, oh my God. But it's him suffering all the way through. It's like, he can't get the adverts and he's spending too much money and he can't get the job. And then he, you know, she's pregnant, but then she doesn't want him to fight. And then Apollo's just being horrible to him and everyone's bullying him and he's having this terrible time. And you're like, oh my God. And then Adrian has a fucking, you know, is she going to have a miscarriage? He's in a coma. And oh my God. And he's had this massive barney with Mickey and we go, get out of here. But then he's like, hey, Rocky, Adrian's in the hospital. And he's like, oh. And then there's all that. He goes, oh, you know, you've got this big fight coming over. There's no way I can do it. And then 
she comes out of it and it draws it out so much. He's there and he's reading to her in bed and, and then finally her hand starts moving. And it's like the longest it could, one millimetre more and everyone would die. But it just <laughs> pulls it and then she wakes up and then we have the happy and the baby and everything. And then you've got the win-win and then it's pow, pow, pow. And you've got the training and you've got the kids running and then you've got the fucking bike. And it's like, and it's all worth the, the whole slog to get to the win-win. And then it's the biggest ecstasy release, uh, which is humanly possible to have. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and to that, bringing it full circle, the ridiculousness of the double punch and they both go down on the mat. Um, and then it's the fight to get up and everything. And it's so ridiculous. By that point, you're like, I was cheering with the kids. No, you had me at the kids. Get, I don't, yeah, it's absolutely, you're, you're on the edge of your seat. Um, so it's, it's, it's masterful. Stallone is very, very good at that sort of, you know, audience emotional manipulation. It comes down to his fights as well. It's like, you know, every single fight in all the Rockies is so clever. And the story it tells, he's winning a bit, he's losing a lot, he's winning a bit, he's winning a bit more, he's really losing. It's pow, pow, pow. It's so, every single punch is like very well thought out. And then the final payoff, where presumably Rocky wins, is always tremendously satisfying. So, that you know, it's, it's wonderful. It makes me very happy. Nice chef. So Rocky 2 is good for that. And I like Rocky Yeah, it's amazing. Rocky no, no, you have nailed it. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> Rocky 3 was one that I saw way later than I should have you know like I, I just I actually saw it totally out of order certainly after Rocky V took me a long time to get to it for some reason because I, I missed it at the cinema and then you know just sort of caught up with it at some point but that's that's a hoot yeah. Sheps isn't it come on yes yes I, I'm the same in a way I did watch it when I was a kid um, but frankly when I was a kid I was all about the Rocky IV but I watched Rocky III but I was really all about Rocky 2 and Rocky 4, really strangely. But I watched it, and then I think I watched it maybe when I was a teenager, but I don't think so. There was a long gap. And then when I was living in Guildford, and I was probably in my mid-20s, I had a videotape, and it was pure Diet Coke, uh, ITV. And because I had this whole bunch of random videos that I just excavated, and I still had a video, so we just watched random films taped on TV like 10 years previously. And one of them was Rocky 2. And I watched it for the first time in ages, and I have to say, it really knocked my socks off. And it's a different structure in terms of the fights. You know, all the other fights go to 15 rounds or the maximum amount of rounds and it comes down to the wire. Whereas in Rocky Three, the whole fight is quote unquote in real time. It doesn't do any lapses into little fighting montages. And it's three rounds, I believe. And in Rocky Three, you know, Rocky loses and then he gets the eye of the tiger back and then he wins and the yeah. way he wins he kind of rope-a-dopes clubber Mr. T and gets him to punch himself out and he loses his fear and that was what was holding him back of course and he gets his eye of the tiger because he because before he never had anything to lose but now he does have everything to lose because of his life and his happiness and his American Express and his fall from grace because he became a shill and softened up and he didn't have the eye of the tiger and he wasn't in the streets anymore. And that end fight when he's got it back and he beats the fuck out of Clubber Lang. And let me also say, even bearing in mind Drago, I would argue that Clubber Lang in Rocky III is the only out and out villain out of any of the opponents because Drago was a puppet used by the system. 
Um, and Apollo is just, you know, Apollo, like big mouth. And he's nasty and rocky too, but it's strategic and do what you have to do. But yeah, Clubber is just a, a nasty man, I think. Yeah, uh, he's very, I think yeah, Tommy's a bit think. nasty from, okay. from Wikipedia review. <laughs> but, yeah. I think, if I remember, he starts off all innocent and then like he gets a bit of power and it goes through his head. And yeah, I think it's comes. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, he starts Daniel LaRusso and he turns Donald Lawrence. <laughs> uh, or even Crease. Nonetheless, not to get sidetracked, but no, absolutely. So that last fight, by the way, when Rocky just unleashes on Clubber because Clubber's so horrible and Rocky again has been through so much shit and lost Mickey and all of that. There's one bit and it's one shot and forgive me for sounding barbaric, but Rocky just unloads on Clubber's head and he just goes, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right with extended arms like power, power, power. And he's punching so fast it's like a blur and it looks like a figure of eight or the infinity sign as he's punching. And it's just straight into Clubber's face. It must be like 50 punches. It's amazing. I mean, all, obviously all the boxing in Rocky films aren't realistic and they're not like realistic boxing matches, but they're very exciting and, and, and nice. And so he just lays into his face and just pounds him a bit more and then he goes down and he wins and then he wins. And it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, what do you do after the Apollo and Rocky both hitting the floor at the same time? This is a different version of like how to do the fight. And it's just like three rounds and he beats his head off. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> and it's so satisfying. And it's partly that, which is why I love Rocky III very much. And at the beginning, Rocky goes on the Muppets. So yes. that's an amazing crossover. I mean, I'll tell you this, Sheppy, I've lent into some Rocky Three energy at the nice. beginning. The, yeah, but that's that's just Ooh. a little tease for yes, please. But yeah, um, good stuff. Amazing, uh, lovely, very happy, and 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 I, I I I that's wonderful. It makes me want to rewatch the Clubber fight again. That the figure of eight. Um, so Rocky Four, Sheppy, you said that was quite a special one for you. I'm uh, yes, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, I yeah. went. Now this was the only one I saw. Um, at the cinema, well, up until Balboa, it was it was the, the original crop that I saw at the cinema. I was too young for the other three, and I saw Rocky Four. And I remember the day very well. And I remember, and I was with my mum, and I was with my oh, you're like this, Jimmy. Actually, you're like this. Do you know who else I was with? I was with Jonathan James, Jimmy. Jonathan James saw Rocky Four with me. He who's he? He was the Pertwee to your Tom Baker. Yeah, he was he was their first Jimmy. He was pre Jimmy. What do you think about that? I'm seeing okay. zero remorse, but when you're ready, <laughs> I have a therapist for you. That I can recommend. <laughs> so, saw Rocky Four at the cinema, 85. Everyone was on their feet loving it. My mum was like, I disapprove of violence. And at the end, she was, Rocky, Rocky, you can imagine. So that was very nice. And then I rented out Rocky Four whenever I had the chance to rent something out. Like, you know, mum or dad would go to the video, visit video, and say, what do you want? You want a surprise? I thought, I want Rocky IV. A few years previously, I was all about Superman III, but then I went into my Rocky IV period, and it was just like every single time. Uh, Weef and I went there, and we came back with Rocky IV, and my and my sister said to my mum, guess what he got? And I was like, Rocky? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, Rocky IV for life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm a big fan. It's very easy to watch. Um, and I believe, Jimmy, you and I watched Rocky together taped off tv in cranley when we were you know like what 13 or something and i won't be upset if you don't remember but it was like a random afternoon yeah no i think i do yeah 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 nice <laughs> so, so there you go um so i like rocky four and yeah it's very silly it's very stupid it is let's face it like five or six music videos stitched together 
Um, but it's just fun. It's slick. Um, the Apollo fight is actually really traumatic. It's actually horrific and very tense before Drago throws the first punch. It's very tense and very unsettling. And again, very effective. Uh, yeah. And, and that whole, the whole, the whole film is, I like, and even the robot. What about you, Jimmy? Um, did you see it at the cinema? I, I didn't, Sheppy. I was, uh, I was very lucky enough by my lovely nanny, Mutti, took me off to America and we were in a hotel room waiting to go out or something at one point. And it was on the telly. And, uh, and, and, it, and I just, I, I can't really describe it. I didn't know that there were, it was always sort of, I don't know why, but it's has that little mystique of, I didn't realise there were more Rocky movies and there he is running up a mountain and I'm like, OMG, <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And um, and what's weird is I think I caught it from the, the mountain montage through to the end. And then I think I saw it later, like in a couple of years or something, probably when we saw it or something. And then, and then realize, I just didn't realise Apollo had died, you know, like I was like, oh, shit, right. that's part of this. You're you like, know. that changes everything. <laughs> it changes everything. Oh, the stakes are even higher. But, yeah, um, no, I love it. I think it's great. I think they did a really good, respectable job in Creed 2 of sequelizing it. I'm yes. really, you've, you've, I, I, look, given how much you know about, you know, how much you love it, how much it's in your veins, Sheppy, I'm now trivially excited about your pitch for Rocky Five when we get there too, because um, yeah, I think you'll probably lean into details I've long forgotten. But have you seen the new version of it? Still yes. put together. Yeah. Is any yes, what's it like? Yeah. It's it's no. You know what? It's not good. First of all, it's not actually going to be well edited together, which is a shame. The new bits are interesting. Is the whole film is exactly the same length because he takes out all the robot stuff, which is great, and some of the more silly stuff and some of the stuff with his weird kid who is in no way Italian, Australian, this weird Irish child that he and Adrian have. I think he gets rid of some of that. He gets rid of all of Bridget Nilsson, I'll tell you that for nothing. Oh. At the very least, he takes out all her lines. It's a little bit vindictive, but I have to admire his, his <laughs> style. Um, and, and there were different edits, like at the end, Gorbatroff and everything, like in the usual version, they all stand up and clap, whereas in this version, they storm out and they leave the nasty trainer of Drago, um, like the manager, like in get the sense he's going to be shot in the morning. You know, he's not looking good, and it's like, you know, he's, he's in the bad. He's he's dead. You know, uh, and there's so there's lots of little changes like that. But I don't know. I and and there's much more at the funeral, Apollo's funeral. Um, it's very different. There's more with Apollo talking to Rocky beforehand. So there's that. So that was all interesting and everything. But it's still. You know, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's still, there's no easy way out. The car montage, which is just flashbacks of the other three films and then bits that we saw five minutes ago from the film. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's a bit of a filler. I mean, in a film with fillers, that's, you know, um, and that's still in it. And I just expected it not to be. And then it's just basically all of the montages and all of the training sequences, as much as I love them, I think I was hoping for something different, like more, you know, just sort of scene, yeah. scene, scene, montage, scene, scene. But the second half was still all montage montage So I was a bit disappointed. But it's interesting. It's worth a look, but it's a bit shit. Um, mm. But then again, what is it? It doesn't have happy birthday calling, so it can't be all bad. Um, <laughs> so, so Rocky IV, yeah, and, and might as well say in terms of Creed II, very nice. And really, I've always really liked Drago and seeing all of that and that song and how he handled that. I was really and being such a fan of Rocky Four, 
seeing that is really nice as well. It's um, nice, so that's a bit of a jump ahead, but yeah, so if you Rocky Four is that fair enough? And then fair Rocky enough, five, Sheppy. You talk we, about. We've talked about Rocky Five too, haven't we? Yeah. So Balboa. I really we... like that. <clears throat> no, yes. I watched that at the movies um, mm. with with a with a young lady and wept. <laughs> she looked at me and thought, "What the hell?" Our <laughs> relationship lasted very long, but um, yeah. <laughs> first date because that's bursting into tears. She's giving you tissues, so you're blowing into the hanky. This little you know doily she's brought with her. Like it's so beautiful. <laughs> that's amazing. No, fair enough. Um, so you liked it then? I did. It's got Peter Petrelli playing his son, isn't it, from Heroes, and he's incredibly annoying in it, and justifiably because I guess that's the character, isn't it? But um, yeah. and and my only other sort of biggie from that is it's got one of the best line speeches, isn't it? And the in the in the street when he's telling him about you know, well, you've you've already kind of paraphrased it too, Sheppy, with the. Not how hard, you know, I, I can't even bloody remember it now, but you know, it's how hard, it's not how hard you're going to hit, it's keep getting right. hit, and get up, whatever, you know, what it's and, uh, that's how winning is done. Um, mm. Balboa, I was very excited about, and then it came and it delivered. Um, I will say, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the end fight. We're talking about the fights, I should just say, it's like, you know, I always try and like it more than I do. I like it starts off like an actual watching on TV. It's, made, it's filmed in the style of a TV boxing match. And then it gets more stylistically, you know, crazy. And I like that element. But in terms of the actual fight, it's not, you know, in terms of pow, 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 it's not, no. it's not as satisfying. Um, but, but it's still very good. And, I like and that they went back to going the distance, Sheppy. Like, you know, the, the kind yes. of the Rocky original. Yeah. Theme. I mean that whole thing is brilliant. All the themes. I just literally mean punch, punch, yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the fight and this, you know, I was saying that's still only telling stories, and there is that, but it's not as effective as previous films. But yes, the whole thematic of that film is amazing. I love that film. You and I and my mum, and yes, of course. Now I had seen it, so I knew watching it with mum and everything. But yes, indeed, it was like wow. After the end of Rocky. And then going straight into, she's dead. It's like, oh my God, he's living all by himself. And it's like, oh my God. But then of course it builds it back up. And Stallone wrote that and wrote and said to Talia, hey, you want to be in another Rocky? I know that's crazy, but I'm going to do another one. She said, yeah, okay, fuck, that's crazy. And then he start, sat down to write. He's like, fuck, there's no way that Adrian would be alive for any of this to happen. She has to be dead. And if she is dead, it gives the film so much more weight and this whole thing, if he's just happily married at the beginning, where do we go? And he realised, yeah, she has to be dead. And he phoned up, telling him, hey, you remember that Rocky film? And he, hey, you're dead. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> so what a shame. <laughs> That's an awful phone call. Like, thanks for phoning in the first place. Got me all excited. <laughs> so <laughs> gutted. Um, yeah, no, no, it's a very good film. And bringing back your, hey, screw you. Slimo, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, uh, bringing her back and everything is nice. Looking a bit like Emily Watson. So yes, hooray for Balboa and his whole living that life and having the restaurants and doing the stories and everything. Perfect. Very lovely. Spider yeah. Rico being a god botherer and washing up downstairs. Oh, it's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. And let's just say we haven't even talked about Paulie for all of these. Who's gone on a journey? Starts off as very unlikable, becomes like a cartoon character, and then comes back as sort of pathos uh, in, in Baba. It's a great yeah. character, great actor, Bert Young. Wonderful. Yeah, fair play, Sheps. You're right. He is great. 
Um, you're right, Rocky, the original, he's he, he's almost, he's verging on problematic, isn't he? Like, yes. I mean, he's almost unwatchable these days. Um, yeah. But yeah, the... Um, There's a photo you see on the mantle in the first Rocky of Paul and he's in the Navy or something. So you, you instantly with that, you're like, you know, he served and he's a bit fucked up and he's come back and, you know, he had a reason there and now he has no reason. So, yeah, you can instantly put all of that on there just by this one slightly out of focus photo. It's a good old Adelson if you want to learn about that. So, yeah, there's that. And he says, like, Adrian, like, I could, I could have got married, but I had to look after you because you're retarded because you're so shy. And she's like, yeah, I took care of you. I watched your son. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yes, he was he was much more villainous, but kind of in a tragic, human way. Do you remember the gangster who Rocky works for in Rocky 1 and yeah. He's in two as well. Tony, the character's name. Uh, I always thought it'd be an interesting thread to pull, which he never did. I wonder if I never considered this for Rocky Three to have Rocky doing credit card adverts and being on the Muppets, and Tony, who was supportive to, you know, he gave him money for the date with Adrian. You know, yeah, I thought he was a horrible, horrible man, but he did have Rocky's back a little bit, and he did support him, and he went to the fight and everything. So you could have some sort of thing where he's not necessarily an antagonist, but there is a story of dramatic threads to be pulled. Where he's like, Rocky, you don't return my calls. He's like, listen, I can't be associated with this. You know, people kind of know that I had a shady past, but they turn a blind eye. You come up and say, I started breaking people's thumbs. You didn't break the thumbs. That's the problem. But it's <laughs> interesting that none of that is, is there. Um, and he's just never mentioned in three onwards. And so it's just something that I wonder if that was ever under consideration. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah, it could have led somewhere. That's yeah, nice. agreed, Sheppy. Uh, quickly about to... Creed. Yeah. Do you like Creed? Lo absolutely love it. I think it's uh, it's just a tour de force. Some of the best montages. He's brilliant with Michael B. Jordan. Like it's all it's, it's perfect, Sheppy. It's a perfect it's superbly movie. bad. Yeah. The, the first boxing match, I believe, is all in one shot. Or maybe yeah. the first one with Rocky there in this corner is all in one shot. It's amazing. It might be yeah, the only other very, one that's yeah. It might be the only other one that's objectively five stars. Like it might be. I don't know, but I just I think it is a five star movie. Oh, interesting. I don't know. I I, get, I really like it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I can't get over Claire Huxtable, and I feel sorry for the actress who's still. Yeah, that's like, fair. Always, but that's no reason to give it to that star. But so we'll, we'll talk about our order, I guess. Where it, where it falls. It's hard for me to place the Creed films in the overall Rockies, because they are obviously kind of their own thing. Creed yeah. is kind of Rocky Balboa 2 in that, you know, you see it continues that. It's so lovely. Um, I don't know where, where, it, where it would fit for me personally, because of the nostalgic element. It actually be very, very low down, just because, you know, it's, it's like varying, because, you know, something like, I don't know, Skyfall to Octopussy. Like they're just not different <laughs> things, but Octopussy is special, it's, you know. Um, Creed I really like, um, but yeah, it's hard for me to rate, and I don't know if I can give it five. But to be honest, the only Rocky film I could give five to is one, as much as I love the others. But I wouldn't yeah. want to realistically grade them, though I think that, you know, like, I, I, they're, they're, they are all five star and hard. Apart from yeah. five, zero. Um, <laughs> Almost so the perfect segue. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we talked about Creed 2, so that's all right. So, yeah. And Creed 3 is on its way. Rocky and Stallone will not be involved. And I think that's for the best because Rocky had a very good send off at the end of Creed 2. And Creed 3, hooray. I believe B. Jordan is directing, which is exciting. Ooh, okay. Nixon, did you hear this is fresh off the press? 
um, the original uh, producer of the Rocky, and maybe all of them, Erwin Winkler, has announced that they're going to make a Drago spin-off involving Drago and his son. And whether or not mm. London was involved hadn't been announced, but this just like they went out there. Then a day or two later, Stallone tweeted, now hang on. So Sly has very recently spoken out about Erwin Winkler, the producer of all the Rockies, who owns the rights to the Rockies, um, and recently announced <coughs> the Drago film. Um, Sly is very angry and has tweeted, and I quote, once again is picking what is left, and then in capitals, off the bones, back to small, of another great character. And then hashtag no shame, hashtag sad day, hashtag parasite. Ouch. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's, he's not happy and he's vocal about that. So there you go. Uh, that's, that's in the press. That would mean, of course, that there's no way London would be involved because he would have loyalty to Stallone. Yeah. So, so that's a dead fish. Even if it's like they get the actor who played Drago's son, you know, what can you do? It's not going to, I can't imagine it's going to move forward now the movie ends. And after that, sort of Stallone slamming. So that's exciting. Wow. Although a show about Drago, if it was with Stallone doing it, and with, with Lundgren, and yes, please. Being amazing. Dave. That'd be a great sog. I mean, you know. Now, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, with that in mind, just to finish off this nice little preamble, Jimmy, uh, and that's exactly what this was, a preamble. <laughs> that. Um, what? Do you have an order then for, for Rocky? Oh, Germany? man. I actually, I, as soon as you said that, I just, something died in me, and I just dreaded this moment, because I, it's so hard to unpick the quality yeah. from the nostalgia and the like, you know, I just... I haven't even I'm, tried. I've no, been very unfair. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, I can only agree on the rookie in at number one and then let the rest fall in with rookie five at the other end and then the rest can just well, fall see, in, you know, like... As I'll tell cool. you what I've got. And the spoiler is exactly like I say, I've got my Creed and my Creed 2 at the end of then five. And it's no reflection on Creed or Creed 2. Um, it's just the others are kind of, you know, in a different sort of un untouchable sphere. Um, so my order is one, three, two, four, and then six, and then Creed, Creed two, and five. So I don't know if that nice. is happy I, for you. It's happy. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to be controversial, and I'd probably just, I'd have two... I'd, I'd lift two out basically, and I'm going to insert Creed in there. Yeah. And then I'll go Balboa, and then I'll go up, and then it will could kind of go uh, Creed two, Rocky five. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. something at the end. Yeah. Does that makes any I mean, sense? Make, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, I th I think so. I'll say that up until maybe five years ago, my order would have been one, three, and then Balboa. Um, but uh, but now it's kind of like enough time has passed. They've all just settled, and one, two, three, and four, in whatever order, are kind of time locked, as it turns out. And so nothing can really get in there, even though Rocky Sports is a tripe. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sort of special. So, so there you go. Um, so, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted Steffi. to mention. I will say uh, Apollo is basically Ali, I've just written down here, and Clubber is basically Tyson. So, that's just a Interesting thing, like who, who, you know, in terms of the comparisons, I suppose. Nice, yeah, that's probably fair. I love Apollo Creed. Oh, 
I don't know if we've really given Carl Weathers full justice, but he's no, just we haven't given him just any amazing. justice. But yes, I mean, we've talked a lot, and there's a lot we haven't said. So rest assured, if you know, anything that we haven't said, we rethink it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that's fair. One thing that Stallone said once in a quote that I like is he said, Rambo is him before a coffee, and Rocky is him after a coffee. So <laughs> I, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> That's a great um, quote. Yes, yes. Um, so was there anything else that you uh Happy, I'm I'm ready to pitch, man, if you are, because we've got yeah. I would imagine no, you know, how dear to this your heart this is, sorry. Uh you know, this could this could be epic <laughs> for both of us. Like I, well, I, I I mean for mine, it's not short, I won't lie, but it's not. For, you know like for example every now and again like flash gordon it's almost scene for scene whereas this is is slightly broader strokes so That's yeah cool. i haven't i haven't ridiculously like i've written you know like day fight and he says nice speech you know <laughs> there's a lot of that <laughs> i've got a bit of that too yeah definitely i haven't really got into lots of detail and the, the hook combinations and stuff but that being said, there's a little bit of that, but we'll talk about it in a little bit, yeah. Well, should um, we do the trailer quotes? Um, oh, is that Sheppy, something? Great idea. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to give you a quote, Sheppy, that is in the movie, but it's not quite the way you think it's going to be. So all it is, is this for like trailer voice, imagine trailer voice, you know, this fall, Balboa's putting the gloves on one last time and i put like the one full stop last full stop time oh, yeah good, good. <laughs> that's it that's all you're getting that's but, great but, oh, but that's well, going to be it. your favorite bit of my pitch by the way that is going to be your favorite <laughs> bit of my pitch when it comes so uh, anyway i'm that's... very excited about the pitch because you've already mentioned parkweed playground and i know where that <laughs> went with flash so i'm all for it my god um i'll say mine um just quickly and you can make of that where you are it's Rocky talking to someone. Should I say now, just as a spoiler, who the actor is? Uh, I think I, I will, because cool. if we're watching... So it's Rocky talking to someone, a character who's played by Charles Durley. Um, nice. And uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> and Rocky says, all I ever wanted to have... A, uh, all I ever wanted was to have a chance to show what I am, what I can do. And Durley says, and what do you want now, Mr. Balboa? And Rocky says... Now all I want is to hit something until it bleeds. <laughs> I know things, things, get a bit, things get a bit dark. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait. <laughs> I all mean, right. a little bit dark. A little bit dark. Not really. <laughs> um, no, very nice. I'm excited by all of this. So, Jimmy, please uh, jump in. I can't wait to hear your Rocky fun. Okay. Well, just to let you know, this really is about, for me, capping... Um, the more fun trilogy and also providing a link to Rocky Balboa, you know, and I, I, I it's obviously Rocky five. I'm going to say I'm fudging this and faffing around with it, but let's just say it comes out in 1993. Cause I'm sort okay. of just, I wanted it to maybe still be in the eighties, but then I think actually probably Sage Stallone who's in this, uh, his son wow. needs to just be that wee bit older, probably like just about right. to graduate high school. So whatever age or year that is, just assume that's to correct. To put that in perspective, I mean, in terms of Rocky and his son and so on, Rocky Four was released in 85. And I don't know, I guess his son is like maybe 10, even though that doesn't make sense if 
he was born in 78. They do a bit of a uh, Rusty and Audrey with it, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. Because Rocky Five, Rocky Five so... I, I'm I'm the studio head. I don't want Sage Stallone in it. He looks like he can't act to me, and he looks like trouble. So we're going to put in a different actor who's exactly age appropriate. With that Perfect. in mind, then that takes me back to 1989. Sheppy, lovely, Perfect. done. So we're in the 80s, age appropriate actor, and that's good because his nemesis from school is still age inappropriate, but I think with a good close shave can probably pass for a little bit younger. Um, it actually, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be like the kid in Teen Wolf who's Michael J. Fox's nemesis. But anyway, um, so we've got Appleton's directing, um, and uh, so he, he's, he's still doing his little capper, but he's going to lean into the fun a bit more and then bring it back to his Rocky vibe. Um, we've got Stallone, Talia Shire, Bertie Young, um, age-appropriate kid for Stallone's son. Um, we've got uh, Christian Slater as Donnie Bull, Ooh. a kid from uh, school. Um, so he's going to be the one with the close It's shape. like Heather's or even, yeah, yeah Heather, Heather's sort of era Slater. But I guess he's in high school in that film. Yeah. And, uh, so we've got Tony Burton as Duke back. And oh, we've got, um, oh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce Ken's surname right, but I'm going Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe? Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? Um, I mean, I guess I, I've always said Ken Watanabe. Yeah, so he's um, in I it. I say Kim Basinger. So there you go. Good for him. He's he's going to be. Was he working in Hollywood in 1989? Uh, he was acting. I don't know if he quite made it to Hollywood. Um, spoiler alert: He doesn't have a single line of dialogue. He's just going <laughs> to be beefed up. And I looked at him, he's kind of six foot one. I reckon he could beef up to be an appropriate Stallone nemesis. Let's just assume he can. Wow, um, nice. He's going to be a character called Tsunari, okay? So he's going oh, to be like kind that. of... Uh, he was 30 in 1989 as well, so broadly age-appropriate. So I feel nice. like we're kind of in the right ballpark-ish, and, um, and he's going to be our kind of, you know, our Drago uh, for this one. Um, nice. So classic Rocky. We repeat the Rocky Four fight at the beginning um, with Drago, and then from there... We then go into this is my favorite part of my whole pitch. <laughs> we go into some Rocky Three vibe, right? So we we then have a little mini montage of Rocky, still superstar Rocky, because he comes back to America a national hero. Let's be clear, like he's just beaten the entire nation of Russia and brought them together <laughs> and everybody's friends again. So, um, so we have Rocky doing some amazing cameo work, right? So we've got Rocky in Cheers. Um, it's, the, it's the cheers pre-cred um, Norm walks into a, into the bar and gives it a hey everybody and, uh, and he gets a little nod from Woody behind the bar but actually there's no nothing else in the bar kind of from Norm's angle looks totally deserted and he yeah. goes everybody and then the whole bar is basically gathered around Rocky who's on Norm's <laughs> stool and, um, <laughs> and everybody's just listening to every word Rocky says and, um, and Cliff gives it a so tell us again Rock how'd you got how you got Drago and uh, Rocky's like hey you know Cliff I knew if I could get inside him, you know, and uh, and the norm's like, you know, putting his jacket on the stand, and uh, and Cliff gives it a. Now I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Rock, but you could have had him in the second round. I'm drawing a little something here, and he's got like a beer mat with like a left hook, right uppercut, or whatever, you know, and um. And then um, the scene ends with uh, Rocky like in the crowd spotting Norm, and then just going, "Hey, Norm, 
I heard about this guy. And then it's like, dun, 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 dun. but anyway, so that's it. That's my little cheers thing. Um, that's not my favorite of these, by the way. Um, then we've got Rocky in Murder, She Wrote. Oh my god! Proper um, denouement scene. So like Angela Lansbury's giving it the full like you know. Thank you for having us at your party, Rocky. Um, we've identified the killer, and I've got the killer is uh, Pierre, played by Louis Jordan, and Louis has oh. like, been cornered, and he's like, "Oh no, I've been found out," and he's gonna make an escape, and then goes for the door, and Rocky just clotheslines him, and Jessica gives it a thank you, Rocky. And Rocky just goes anytime, Jessica. <laughs> you know that's it. Wow. <laughs> Then we transition to Rocky on Oprah's couch. And um, and Oprah's like, so you're doing movies now, Rocky. This is really exciting. And, uh, and then we we cut to a trailer for Rocky. This is my favorite, Shepi. This We cut to the trailer for Rocky in Mighty Poppins. Stallone's <laughs> meta stab at Kindergarten Cop with him playing oh. a kid's nanny, totally overwhelmed by the kids. And the trailer voice is... This fall for Balboa, sorry, this fall, Balboa's putting the gloves on one last time. And we cut to Rocky <laughs> squeezing into a pair of other gloves because he takes a casserole out. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's genius. That's Can he be wearing one of those aprons which has like a muscly body on it, but the joke <laughs> being that he's Rocky? Amazing, yes. Yeah, absolutely done um so anyway that's my silliness that's my rocky three energy that's um, amazing oh my god um so <clears throat> we we open on um sort of family time for this one after all of that montage silliness um it is basically rocky jr's birthday um and um he's got some friends over and whatnot and um and and during the party like um you know rocky can see the kids are not really playing with rocky jr they seem to be, uh, they're in the friendship for access to Rocky, the pool, the lovely house, the robot, like, you know. Ah. And um, and that's, that's a bit of a thread that's going to pull after the party. But um, Rocky and Adrian give Rocky Jr. a pair of ice skates. And it's kind of a, you know, a thing from Adrian, really. And Rocky, I put Rocky Jr. throws a small tante as he wanted boxing gloves, <laughs> but Adrian doesn't want him to follow his dad, you know, into that world. And uh, Rocky's like, yo, Adrian, we should have just got the kids some gloves, you know, it's just gloves. Anyway, and um, <laughs> and uh, and then basically, um, you know, the, the party ends and all this sort of stuff. And Rocky sort of is, is kind of thinking and reflecting on Adrian. Like he's not happy with the way things are and the family being so brought up, so detached from normal society. So one of the key inciting things here is that Rocky decides they've got enough to live on and he's going to give away like half his fortune to charity um, and they're going to move out of this crazy house and they're going to move back to Philly um, in a nice place, not necessarily yeah. the same working class neighborhood, but back to, back to Philly. And, um, and then basically for, um, for Rocky Jr., you know, um, he, he's having a bit of a tough time at school. He's getting picked on, bullied, challenged to boxing fights, mainly by our Donny Bull, Christian Slater, because of his famous dad. And um, and after one such uh, sort of altercation with Donny Bull, Rocky Jr. turns up at Mickey's gym um, after school, which Rocky is now kind of back at. I haven't gotten the full Mickey's gym's run down. He's going to be a trainer like in Rocky Five, but he's just training in there with yeah. Tony or something. So he's, he comes into the gym after school with a bit of a shiner. Rocky's training with Duke and... Um, basically decides to show they decide to show him a few punches for self-defense as their little secret you know 
And um, and yeah. during this scene, there's also a "Yo, Rock, check this out!" and the, our man Tsunari is on screen, who's an up and coming heavyweight from Japan, and he has the fastest combos anyone's ever seen, and he's absolutely obliterating his opponents with fast hand work. And um, and then the the two boys, Rocky Rocky Junior, come home. Secret doesn't last more than a second <laughs> because they're a late home and um. And basically, Rocky Jr. immediately, because he's a bit of a brat, you know, kind of rats them out as to what they've been doing. But they've she's prepared dinner for them. Paulie's over as well. Um, and, um, and Rocky didn't think this would all be a big deal. They were just training a little bit and got a bit late. Um, but Adrian was planning to tell Rocky first and then everybody else. But since they're all here and she has a, she's a bit upset herself, you know, the family needs to know that she's been um, diagnosed with advanced stage ovarian cancer. And they've got insurance, but it's not going to cut it. And given they've given away half their money, Rocky's going to need to consider fighting this up and coming scenario to, to get a bit of bread in the in the um, you know for, for for the operation uh, for the you know chemo or whatever. And um, I quite like the brain trauma bit of the Rocky Five movie on paper, Sheppy. I sort of feel like that added a bit of drama to it, um, and and maybe there's a little bit of a vibe of that here of a like you know Adrian with a look. I appreciate that, but what if you don't make it? Then the kid's got nobody. If if you know it doesn't work out for me, and um, <clears throat> I've put Adrian takes quite a bit of persuasion. That's a good chunk of the movie, and there's a blowout with Rocky Junior as well because she won't hit let him compete in what is becoming a school boxing competition that's kind of on the up and up as well. Um, and and Rocky Junior kind of storms out of the house on that argument, and Adrian turns to Rocky at that point and says, "Well, what do we do?" And Rocky, like in his sort of, you know, salvaging moments, taps the ice skates that are there that they bought for Rocky that are now pristine still in their box, you know, and he goes, well, what size are you again? And we cut to a nice pathos of them going back to the Philly ice rink. And um, and I'm just I'm just so disproportionately invested in those two. And I want to have nice scenes between the two. Of them. So there'll, there'll be lots of nice scenes this year. Yeah. And um, and, you know, they have the nice little ice skating. They're talking about it. And over this scene, Adrian yields backs Rocky to fully to fight the Tsunari character, but also to let Rocky Jr. enter a school boxing comp- the school boxing competition. Um, but Rocky Jr., if, he, if Rocky Jr. needs to follow his heart, he needs to follow his heart. But she tells him he has to finish his exams and try and get into college as well. And um, so this gives us our big montage moment. Um, we've got father, I put father-son training montage with them both doing cool stuff. <laughs> I, said perhaps, <laughs> I said perhaps Rocky being a bit competitive and then one thread in the montage is that they um, they start up with push-ups where they're doing little high fives with one another, like, you know, push-up opposite each other. Um, and then it's intercut with, you know, some punch bag work and all the rest of it. Um, but then also the pair of them hanging with Adrian as she goes through some, you know, whatever chemotherapy is appropriate for ovarian cancer. And then this becomes also like the push-ups become like Rocky doing like one-arm push-ups and Rocky Jr. still doing two hands and then culminates in the getting stronger style with Rocky doing push-ups with the kid on his back. Um, yeah. And intercut with this, we've got our Sunari character 
basically boxing and i put some kind of like you know like a magician's booth where like a sword would like slide in mm. you know what i mean but imagine you can yeah. see the inside of the booth and Sunari is punching so fast in the gaps of these swords these kind of samurai swords that's coming through and he's he, his reflexes are ridiculous and he's going for the right <laughs> moment super quickly all the time anyway racist nice. and ridiculous brilliant <laughs> so, yeah. there's a quote on the poster <laughs> at school the hype for the school boxing tournament is um is uh is building um and it's going to be matchups of different kids and of course we have donnie bull and, and rocky balboa jr paired for the boxing fight you know um uh when when the school one comes um for rocky's fight with sunari <clears throat> it's, it's held in japan um so rocky travels to japan uh, close to the fight not with Adrian or Rocky Jr. who are going to watch the fight on on telly. Um, and I, I, put, I see an amazing opportunity for Sly to give an impassioned speech at the site of Hiroshima to talk about healing and world peace. You know, he's brought <laughs> Russia and America together. Let's let's heal some more wounds, man. I think there's something there. <laughs> anyway, um, it's like um, a punching Jesus. Yes. Um, I'm going on a limb. I'm saying Sunari has zero lines and it's all eye acting from Ken. <laughs> Um, nice. I said the big fight is the exact carbon copy of a Rocky fight. Rocky starts bright, then gets pummeled, finds the guts to cling on, comes back, wins in the eighth, maybe with the exact winning combination that Cliff had laid out for him from Cheers. Oh. <laughs> I put um, no one has any guard whatsoever, is what I put. Zero guard. Yeah, it's all that, that works. Um, <laughs> After the fight, which obviously Rocky's a bit dusted down from, but still he won. Um, he's back in Philly, so we, we're not ending on the fight with this one. Um, he's back in Philly, and um, and and Adrian is is now you know regressing, and and it's not looking good. She's on her deathbed kind of thing, and and she just asks Rocky to promise to call it time, Rocky, for me, you know, and um, and so we've got this dynamic, you know, where Rocky and Rocky Junior have been at home, you know, on their own. And um, and maybe there's a little a little bit of sort of light, but you know, clearly given Adrian's in the hospital, being there, just there's a little bit of light pathos around the fact they've got to learn to cook and all this kind of thing. Um, and then um, but there's one little moment where Rocky Jr. comes back in from training and there's an envelope on the counter with you know exam results kind of thing. And um and we uh we cut back to hospital and, and Rocky's able to just say, Yo, Adrian, he did it like that and she smiles and she grabs his hand and rocky jr has come in and you know and he hugs her and like you know and and she's like where are you going to go to college rocky and there and he doesn't know yet you know what i mean but it's a nice little family moment and then we cut to adrian's graveside rocky's talking to her balboa style um you know and and as he's talking to her um he gives it the you know today's rocky little rocky's first fight you know and i promise i'll try and steer him good adrian you know and uh and the last fight is actually in this movie rocky in the stands with tony and paulie and rocky jr goes three rounds with donnie bull i've not really put any detail here but the pair trade blows and um and it's quite an even contest um, the match is pretty epic and it ends with a draw and the two boys having mutual respect and hugging um and then um and then basically uh rocky like giving you know obviously with his son just gives him a little punch on the on the chin and goes your kid still unbeaten by that your mum would have been proud and that's basically it Sheppy. <laughs> that's rocky what, a, what an emotional roller coaster uh, <laughs> talk about 
heartstrings tugged, Jimmy. <laughs> Wonderful. And by the way, I love the fact that it didn't end with the big fight with Rocky, and that happened like you know, not you know, and then had that extra. That, that There's some bit. Rocky three energy there, isn't there? To kind of oh, yeah, no, it's yes, yes, all of that, and yeah, get on one Derby and get on everyone. Um, that was wonderful. I was on board for all of that. That's great. And the whole, um, I like the going to Japan. I like the let's bring peace. Only Rocky could go to Tokyo. That was, that was a joy, Jimmy. Um, Can we do so, Mighty oh, Poppins as a standalone song one day? Oh like my a... God, please. Please, all of that. And the cheers. Are you kidding me? And I'm really, I'm so deep into my cheers at the moment anyway. I can whole see the end of the, the cold open with like everyone like ignoring normal, he's all upset. And then he sees Rocky and then everyone's crying around and asking him questions. And then Stallone kind of is irritated by everyone around him asking questions. And obviously Sam is really jealous and it's like two alphas and everything. And then Rocky sees Norm, he goes, no, I and then I see that, and then Norm being like really chuffed, like straightening his tie, and it, like he totally lifts him up, and everyone else is gutted, he goes, cling, 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 <laughs> I see that really clearly, like Norm's reaction to being recognised by Rocky, and like, you know, he's just about to like storm off, and he's putting his coat back on, and you're like, bye, no, and he's like, hey, Norm, I don't know if I can do a Stallone, this will be interesting, um, so, so oh that was wonderful. That was uh, so, yeah, and all of that. And murder she wrote with Jordan. Are you kidding me? That's wonderful. So, yeah, what a, what a treat. Uh, that was for you, all for you. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Uh, I actually googled stuff. it to see if Jordan had been in it already because I, I, I assumed he was in a Columbo, yeah, but, but Jordan didn't do like much TV. Like, he, I'm sure he saw like Columbo was a special case, but he wasn't a regular on TV, he was busy doing Return of Swamp Thing at that point. So, you know, Jordan for life, nonetheless. If you like, then um, I'll just jump into mine. I'd very much like. Um, so like I say, like it's kind of all of the Rocky films, you've got the fight, then you've got the rematch, then you've got the Club of Lang where he loses and he wins again, and then you've got the whole Drago thing and the, the Apollo connection and the whole America versus Russia and all of that. So like, well, what do you do after that apart from like uh, Rocky fighting aliens, which I didn't do, I didn't go that crazy. <laughs> Um, but I just thought, like, what, what, what could you do to legitimately, in some you know, legitimately, speech marks, but like to legitimately put Rocky in a position where he's going to fight someone else, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's not like he's another contender. And at this point, he had kind of retired in Rocky Four. He hadn't said it. I mean, he officially retires in Rocky Three, but then he just didn't retire. But then by Rocky Four, you get the impression that he's not fighting much, so he's sort of like easing out a little bit. Yeah. That's also how I sort of see it. Anyway. So, so anyway, I was just thinking, how how could I do it without him street fighting with Tommy Gunn? So, um, so there you go. Um, I don't know exactly who's going to be in this. In terms of the fighters, um, it'll just be unknowns. I mean, you know, in like it's like all of them, even even Carl Weathers. It's like I could, I don't I don't know who it is because people know them because they were in this film, you know. Yeah. Um, so. It's Rocky Five. It's 1987, so it's a neat two years later. Um, so jumping straight in, it's directed by Stallone. He's not letting go. Uh, Avalston's furious. Starring Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, and then you know, and 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 uh, Tony Burton as well. 
as Duke, who is often called Tony, uh, confusingly in the early films as well. Um, but yes, he's in it, although I only say that because he's, he's in all of them until at least Balboa, so he's in it, but I haven't got that. I only say that because you, you had mentioned it. Like, oh shit, yeah, he has to be in it, but I don't know what he does. With Charles Durning, um, as I was trying to think of, you know, a kind of a Stallone sort of name. So I've got Oberon Jackson, but to be honest, I'm going to just call him Durning all the way through this. And I see him, I won't lie, he's basically Doc Hopper, <laughs> essentially. Um, he's, he's essentially yeah, that. Um, and uh, Don Johnson, I've got oh. here as Vale Pete, um, <laughs> who, spoiler, is an FBI agent. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but don't worry, I don't go too crazy. But um, so it is six months after his fight with Drago, and the world is a different place. America and Russia are in the middle of a quote unquote outreach talk. You know, there are all these talks going on there. Rocky has become a worldwide symbol of peace. If he was a sporting hero and semi legend, at least before, he is now a global ambassador. The irony that a fighter has become the symbol for world peace has not been lost on many people, maybe just Rocky. And there's a bit nearish the beginning where, you know, reporters are swarming around Rocky and one reporter's like, hey, Rock, what's your view on the newfound status as a symbol of peace? And Rocky's like, oh, it's great. And reporter's like, the irony doesn't bother you? And Rocky's like, the irony, well, to be honest, I never did much of that. But these days we have Paulina and she's really the one who takes care of the linens and all of that. Yeah. And he trails <laughs> off as he kind of goes through it. Mr. Barbaro, Mr. Barbaro, and he, he goes off. Uh, so Rocky has returned from Russia a global hero, a great uniter, but the Boxing Commission has it in for him. Uh, using his age as an excuse, they are not allowing him to fight anymore. Despite the official reasons of health and age, it is generally known by all that the decision is at least in part due to spite from the commission at Rocky's fighting with Drago without official permission or authority, which is what happened to him before. He is still world champion, quote unquote, and you always will be, meaning his fighting days are over. So Adrian is happy. Uh, Rocky knows he must take his own advice. As he said to Apollo, you know, he's changing, he's not the athlete he was. He's not who he was. He's older, he's more civilized. Uh, it is clearly time to retire. But uh, who is he with no fighting? And there's something new, there's gnawing. I mean, he's always had it. Quitting would always be against the grain to say the least. But the fight with Drago has apparently unlocked something. It's opened up the deep well inside Rocky. In Russia, he unearthed the purity of warrior spirit the eye of the tiger has never been wider. That could be a tagline, actually. Yeah. In his preparation and training, and seeing Apollo die and what that did to him, and in the fight with Drago itself, Rocky opened Pandora's box. You know, his climbing up that mountain, he became one with nature, but that was sort of a primal thing. Um, it's not bloodlust as such, but more sort of a survivor's instinct, which now tapped into and released can't be shut down. As Rambo says, you can't turn it off. So now Rocky is world famous for ending the Cold War, essentially, and promoting peace on Earth. Uh, and Rocky says, and all I want to do is fight. Uh, he was mellowing before Apollo died. And then he went uh, deep into his warrior spirit. Um, and he's gone a bit PTSD now. Um, in one of the very first scenes, really, 
he's, uh, Rocky wakes up in his nice expensive bed and early morning and Adrian is asleep next to him and he kind of starts awake and he's a bit jazzed up and he takes a moment to sort of look around and realize that you're on home, it's okay. And he takes a breath and has a nasty sort of godfather moment where he pulls back the sheets and he finds like there's blood on his pillow and a bit on his sheets and he reacts thinking the worst and scrabbles up a bit but discovers it's from his palms of his hand and the blood is all down his arms as he slept with his hands in tight fists um, causing that to bleed so he's got all this sort of tension and rage going on and he tries to hide it from Adrian she knows him too well and there's a nice scene where she gets to the heart of the matter with him but Rocky can't shut it up. Uh, he's still Rocky. He's not gone dark side, but you know he's he's just he's less civilized and he, he gets angry quickly, or you know he just needs to punch something. He needs to be more physically active. He basically destroys his sparring partners. He can't go easy on anyone. He can't do anything except go full out. And he's worried he won't be able to keep it control at all. He just wants to fight everyone and anyone, anyone really. He's uh, unduly harsh with an overly pestering fight fan at one point and maybe pushes him against the wall. Domestically, this causes problems and fears uh, and it's the main motivation or justification for Rocky to do what he does as the plot moves on. Again, quite early on, he gets a bit dark with Adrian and I see Rocky Jr., who's a little brat anyway, and I don't know who plays him in this. It's someone who, who looks at least Italian but is age appropriate. Uh, a scene specifically with his son, um, who I guess is about 10 or 11, and Rocky loses his cool with him at home over something minor, and the ferociousness that comes out scares them both. Uh, Rocky is scared especially. Uh, is he even safe to be around those he loves? Um, you know, he's not, he didn't like raise his fist or anything like that, but he just kind of, you know, he was a bit like, rrr, rrr, you know, a bit scary. And uh, it exposes Rocky Jr. to a side of him he's never seen before. Um, and so Rocky's now worried for those who he loves and Adrian says to him like you went to war and like all soldiers you brought the war home with you definitely has Rambo vibes there's a bit of Karate Kid 3 later as well uh, she understands oh and actually Balboa does touch on that a little bit in sort of like having this sort of aggressive you know underside of course he does because he's a boxer she understands what's happening and thus isn't against what happens next either as she recognizes there must be an outlet to burn itself out, or at least she hopes it will burn itself out. Uh, enter Charles Durning, the billionaire sports fan. He's also a fan of pain. Um, I'm just gonna call him Durning, but his character is called Oberon Jackson. Um, Durning is like, you know, he says to Balboa and stuff. Oh, he says to someone, yeah, he says to Balboa, is there nothing so pure as raw competition, that drive, that need to win? I'm addicted to the addiction, Mr. Balboa, and so I think are you. Um, now, he himself is growing in fame as the owner of this sort of illegitimate but legal fighting organization. Huge spectacle, huge glitz, tournaments put on all over the world in massive arenas. I see it actually looking like uh, the gladiator arena from, from Gladiators on ITV. Like you've got different rings even, you know, and just huge things around each rings. Uh, almost like a kickboxing place in Thailand, but like on, on a really la lavish scale. Um, no usually popular, feet. very commercial. <laughs> no fashion, um, I hope. I don't want any awoogas in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that. They need wolf power. Um, hugely popular, very commercial, but absolutely seen as a travesty by sports purists 
uh, fights from almost all styles um, are, are taking place here um, with loosened rules um, from blind-eyed referees to full-on cage matches and so on. A lot of fighters uh, are fellow retirees who couldn't let go or needed the money, and others are fighters who have been banned uh, for various reasons or those who never officially were commissioned in the first place. There's big money, uh, different levels of fighting skill and so forth. Uh, another factor, Rocky's wealth isn't as massive as it appears to be. It's not a Rocky V situation, but he, you know, he, he, the money won't hurt. Um, so, and he also, he can't do adverts anymore because he's this ambassador for peace. He, he's, he can't do credit card adverts. So um, he's like, I've got to fight. So that's another sort of excuse he gives himself. In the US, these fighting leagues operated like in Nevada and Atlantic City uh, for the martial arts and boxing competitions. But in Asia, South America, Mexico, and elsewhere in the world, Durning has bouts for quote unquote, specific tournaments with specific styles. Um, these, spoiler, it never gets into full on like blood sport fights of the deaf territory. I'm just gonna just spoiler that out, but, it, but they are more brutal. Uh, these fights push safety codes of conduct and so on to the absolute limit. They're massively successful and popular, but Durning is under investigation by the FBI and the sporting commissions all over the world and is always a hair away from being canceled and arrested even. He is notorious and uses this. He's a real exhibitionist and a really good showman. So he markets himself excellently. And we see him interviewed by like Letterman or Carson or someone talking about, he, you know, he says, I provide a service to the people who are tired of watching sportsmen battle, battling with clipped wings and the popularity of his events and his massive money he uses to bribe and pay off you know, various commissions and so on, and safety pro protocols are ignored and so on. So this allows him to continue. Rocky isn't that you know, sure at first, but ironically, it's Adrian who gives him the push and the permission, um, you know, more or less talking him into it with a nice speech, saying she needs to let his demon out um, once and for all. So Rocky fights, and at first, you know, someone sort of like his sort of equal, like someone from his past, but no, you know, we don't bring anyone back. We're just like, you know, he fights someone, he fights again. We have a couple of small fights. This gives us a chance for some uh, one or two round fights with an assortment of very different types of fighters. Um, and some are really young, some are quite really old, some are massive. They're not all in his weight um, class. So some are even bigger, some are smaller, some are really fast, but, you know, Rocky wins these. Um, Rocky fights in Atlantic City, and the fights are legit, like I say, but even these are more brutal than officially sanctioned fights. No one will stop the fight, for example, until a fighter is down and stays down. Durning says, no white towel, Mr. Balboa, no referee stepping in just when the blood is up and the fight is at its purest. No corner to hiding, no bell to stop you, no points to decide the outcome, just fist on flesh muscle and bone against will and resolve. These are fights for fighters, Mr. Balboa. And it seems to me a fighter is exactly what you are. Uh, so themes uh, of speaking to the addiction of it all and Durning you know, compares him to a gladiator and says, even when they earned their freedom, they still wanted to fight and all of that sort of thing. Otherwise he just wither away. Uh, so Rocky gets brutal and he gets a bit intoxicated with it all. Um, and also, you know, it's a bit like he's a born again as a star, 
you know, he was becoming like an older, respected statesman, who, um, but now he's like, you know, but out to pasture, and now he feels vital again. He's a star all over again, and people seem to be rediscovering Rocky, and he hasn't felt so relevant and fresh for years as a fighter. Uh, but we discover more as Rocky is sucked into the underbelly. He is approached by two FBI agents. One is Don Johnson, and one might be the girl from Star Trek Four with the whales. <laughs> um, they tell Rocky uh, she's also in um, Child's Play. So there you go. They tell Rocky <laughs> of Durning's suspected illegal activities, but Rocky wants nothing to do with them. He fights more. We have like sort of thunderlips, sort of different fighting styles, and you know, spectacle one-round fights. Some fights are further off the radar, no rules, even more brutal. Um, maybe even we have Rocky fighting a kickboxer or a karate champ, or a judo man, or even like a sumo or like some nutter ex-marine or something. Go a bit nuts. Um, one of Rocky's main opponents is this massive bull of a man called Travis the Juggernaut Slang. Um, and he's just like massive, like sumo big, and it's a close fight. But Rocky opens up on him and causes some serious damage and he wins. Uh, and yeah, then we get into sort of this is all, of course, the dark middle section when he's all intoxicated. Um, but a few things snap Rocky out of this spiral. And one is a classic speech by Adrian, another one is his son. Uh, Rocky sees like there's like a street fight or some sort of even in like the posh neighborhood where they live or some sort of scuffle outside the kid's school. And, he's, and so Rocky sees his son right at the center and he rushes to stop it, but he sees that it's Rocky Jr. isn't fighting, but he's breaking it up. And this kind of also sort of pulls Rocky back to the light. Um, and he's ready to kind of try and walk away. But Paulie, who has been around, um, Paulie has been negatively inspired by Rocky's actions and his own feelings of worthlessness have come up yet again, as well as hero worshipping you know, towards Rocky a little bit. So he is also seduced by Durning. And Durning says to Paulie, you know, ready to finally step out from the shadow of this man and fight on your own merits. And so he gets Paulie to fight in the, the sort of basement oh tournament, God. you know, a bit of a fight club against someone of his own ilk, like a, a boozy barroom brawler well past his peak. So um, Paulie, you know, gets in, you know, into one of these very brutal fights. Uh, this is still like 12, but you know, but Paulie beats the shit out of this guy. Rocky rushes in just in time to see the other guy go down all pulped and shit. Rocky sees the blood on Paulie's knuckles and it further snaps him out of it. And Durning now has this over Paulie and he's got footage and he can get Paulie arrested um, very easily by releasing this footage. <laughs> Durning is all, you know, is, is always been seen as immoral and an opportunity stuff until this point. But now we really see he's proper villain and a genuine menace. So now Durning holds us over Rocky. So Rocky must fight in Durning's underground arenas and dark tournaments. So Rocky journeys to Brazil for a massive no-hold-bars bout against Durning's best. Um, almost right from the start, this guy has been present, uh, but I'll mention him now. Uh, the main opponent, he's, um, he's huge. Rocky is the established legend, and this guy is the unknown who is risen by... He's right, risen to notoriety within Durning's world. Um, and a fight between these two stars, the old classic fighter and the up-and-comer, is all Durning wants. Now, so this is the main physical opponent who's properly introduced to a halfway through the film, I'd say. Um, and he's basically a young Rocky. 
um, but without the breaks that Rocky had. And that is to say that no Mickey in his life, no Apollo, no Adrian, no moral compass, uh, but he came from the streets. He's uh, young, he's hungry, he's Italian-American. He's built like Rocky from the original. You know, he's bulky, he's muscle, and he's a body blow machine. And his name is Franco Gallo, but he's, uh, he's called uh, Dog Gone Shame. He's Franco Dog Gone Shame Gallo. <laughs> and uh, people call him, yeah, yeah, Dog Gone Shame. I know. Um, and people generally call him Dog Gone. Um, so there you go. Uh, the, uh, the young man is a ball of fury. Uh, again, that sort of theme, untempered anger, so much resentment to the world, to his origins, to every break he never got. I reckon he comes from like the Bronx or something. Uh, blames the world for everything um is the uh he's the and his figurehead is rocky like when he was younger when he was much younger he saw rocky fight apollo originally and he's like i could do that if rocky can do it um and so you know he, so he started boxing more and more and more following rocky but things didn't work out for him and he ended up blaming rocky for that he was banned from professional boxing due to his rage issues and he blames that on rocky as well uh, he fights Rocky um, in first um, at about just after the halfway point in a basement just before Rocky sees his son stop the fight and the Adrian and the Paulie and all of that. It's right when Rocky's at his darkest. And then Rocky, you know, he, he pummels this guy, Doggone, but then Doggone's just got it. You know, youth and strength and also his own fury. And he beats Rocky in this fight, in this small scale one with not many spectators. So Rocky's then got that on his mind, like he has already beaten me. And I came at him with my proper Rocky Fury and he still beat me. So that really means game over, right? Um, you know, he does very well. Rocky's Fury and Red Hot Style do very well in the first two rounds. But then at the end of the second round, Dog Gone out, just out punches him and Rocky loses. Um, so now Durning wants, you know, he's got the footage of, um, of Paulie, he's blackmailing Rocky, and he wants them both in an official huge tournament, huge money exposure, um, maybe even illegal, um, so they go to Brazil. Rocky sees in Doggone his own path got taken. At first, it's like a dark mirror, um, but Adrian corrects him in another winning speech, and as always saves the day. She points out that Rocky didn't become a good man because of his success. And yes, without Mickey and her, then who knows where he would have gone. But she liked him originally when she was a shy little girl in the pet shop. She liked him because he was good. Uh, Mickey saw the good in him as well. Yes, a good fighter, but a good man. Mickey wouldn't have taken him so far under his wing to that extent and cared about him to that much if he was just a good fighter. Um, so he was Rocky was always good and that's what Pep's Rocky on. Um, so um, so before the big end fight, Rocky gives Doggone a speech about how we make our own destiny. You know, it's a bit like his speech to his son, I suppose, about don't blame the world. You know, he's like, luck is essential. And you know, this is paraphrased because Rocky didn't say luck is essential. Your luck is good, but his absence isn't a knockdown blow. You can look at me and you can see my luck and see this privilege. When I think of who I was, where I came from, well, that makes my head spin. And you know, he talks about being, he was handed his million to one shot. And he's like, I will, will apologize for that. We're all given shots. Some are bigger than others, but they're shots. Shots for lasting another day. Shots for making the rent that week. Shots for love, for life, for it all. 
But if we keep our eyes shut, if we're blinded by pain or rage or why not me, then you miss it all. And it goes on. But that's about the, the gist I of it. I love that, man. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, so don't blame me for your misfortune or your pain. There is no blame. Life is putting one foot in front of the other. How you walk is up to you. Uh, so it's the big fight in Brazil. No referee. And the fight won't stop until someone doesn't get back up. Um, so it starts with Rocky just being pummeled uh, by the raw fury of Doggone. And he's not hitting back. And then we see his strategy. And it's not a rope-a-dope again because he just wouldn't be able to take the punishment. Rocky doesn't get angry. Uh, the fight uh, isn't rage against rage. He's learned a lesson. He's found a peace and he fights them. Um, he keeps his arms at his sides and he bends like a reed in the wind. He dodges and weaves and slides. He uses Doggone's anger against him. He slips and slides and flows around him in a picture of almost blindfolded Bruce Lee, Luke Skywalker serenity, uh, until he doesn't, and until the moment when he just opens up, but it's strategic. He doesn't just rain blows and body, 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 but you know, with each punch, it's like the most effective, powerful, or strategic possibility. Like one punch from Rocky is worth 20 from Doggone. There's a line earlier, like during that quote, which I said at the beginning, you see, I just want to make someone bleed. And he's just like, I was always just body blow, body blow. And, you know, even punching slabs of meat and the threes are just body blow, body blow. Um, and now it's like the exact opposite. You know, punch is considered, measured, strategic. So in the end, Rocky is fighting in the opposite as his origins um, and how, you know, the opposite of Doggone. And he, in all the pummeling, he's now sort of fighting in military precision strikes. So we cut then towards the end of the fight. It gets really stylistic and extreme slow-mo where we have Rocky seeing almost like computer detached, uh, you know, like we see tiny openings from Doggone's method. Um, it's like a, a flurry of fists, but between the raindrops, Rocky's fists flies. It's like each punch is the uh, is like the end Skywalker shot to the Death Star. And each punch is like a one in a, in a million. And the very final moment of the fight, you know, Rocky in uber slow-mo has the smallest of openings in Doggone's defense and attack. Rocky sees it, we see it, it's super slow-mo. Rocky punches and it's like a Robin Hood making a shot or Brody shooting the air canister or George McFly when he spins Biff. Uh, the fist sails like an arrow, like a bullet from a sniper, and it passes between Doggone's first fist and then past his rising defense's arm and then just passed over and extends, just going slowly, going for the blow. Rocky's fist sails in a straight line past the fist and the arms and the rising shoulder, and just as he turns into it, Rocky's fist connects with Doggone's jaw in the most satisfying impact since Babe Ruth. I'm pretty sure we hear the jaw break. The mouth guard flies out, uh, maybe a couple of teeth. The head snaps to the side. The knees go before the body catches up, still in mid-turn, still slow-mo, both arms like falling spaghetti. And the fist and jaw collide, and we see it again in real speed. And Doggone goes down, Rocky wins. Everyone goes nuts. He has got his inner peace. The underground arena is stormed by the FBI and Johnson. Um, we were led to believe, perhaps, that Rocky was being controlled by Derling, but we discover at some point, maybe now, that he's been in cahoots with Johnson and 
Star Trek Four Whale Lady, and that the Rocky uh, Rocky is there inside Man, and Durning is arrested, and Rocky is punched out and has the news then inner peace and goes home to his family, and Rocky to Adrian and his son. It's like just because I ain't punching no more doesn't mean I ain't gonna fight. And to Rocky Junior, um, the fight for life to be on your feet at the end of each day, that's to win. Good, Dad? Rocky Jr. says, yeah, Dad, fighters win. And it's the end. And the (laughs) tagline, uh, the tagline is, the gloves are off. Nice. So so there you go. Happy, happy. Rocky five, punchy, punchy. I mean, holy moly, Sheppy. I just, I love, I love your mind, man. I love that you actually... Let's be clear, we spent the first hour of this pod going through nearly double figures worth of movies, like, do you know what I mean? It's all the different iterations of Rocky and all the threads to pull. And you found a new one to consider there, this idea of like what's motivating him and like that sort of primal thing that's kind of, yeah, I, I, I think there's something really exciting in that. Like there's a thread to pull and you bloody pulled it. And the whole Durning thing and the underground scene and they're like, amazing. And one thing I just want to credit you as well is just, you really got the vibe there, man. Like, and something very specific. I wrote it up on my little thing here. Like just, even just the Mr. Balboa, Mr. Balboa, the, the way the reporters are in Rocky movies is a very specific way that they quiz him and talk about him and like try and get his attention. I, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. And then at the end, like even just, I could so see that slow-mo punch and then not forget that. Then just the, and then you see it again, like real time as well. And <laughs> and it doesn't feel jarring as an edit point. It's just perfect. Like, man, that's just perfect. You've got some really keen observations as to how Rocky does things there, Sheppy, that are very clever, very happy and very nice. So for you, does this all like, is there then, for you, would there then be a couple more movies for Rocky Balboa? And then, yeah, yeah to so kind of, yeah. You could do it like as another, like, yeah, like you said about the, you know, two, three, four trilogy. It could be, you know, five, six, seven, maybe even up to 2005, that sort of thing. Yeah, it could Amazing. be him training his son, and it could be him also, yeah, like doing some sort of weird fights. It's always hard then finding reasons for him to fight, but yeah, it could happen. Yeah, nice. so yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe they could try and set it up for, Sage Stallone, the next generation, but maybe Heroes Man is waiting by the phone and he's he's out for blood. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, good stuff though, very good stuff. Um, I would I would definitely have a nineties Rocky trilogy. That would be it would be fun. Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I know they say it's like ridiculous all the, the time. I think it's only um, it's only tough to keep thinking of reasons for him to fight because of your very first observation, Sheppy, which is to say, particularly in Rocky IV, like he's kind of past it. Like he's kind of stopping and easing off. So they have to keep bloody coming up with excuses for him to come back in. It's your classic, it's almost your classic James Bond with Daniel Craig. Like, you know, why have him past it? Because if he's not past it, of course he's going to have like 30 fights in his career. And you can just have interesting <laughs> stuff around him. Like it doesn't matter, like, do you know what I mean? But it's just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so, <laughs> such a silly decision. Like, you know... <laughs> it's weird well. stuff. It's weird stuff. Um, but yeah, you can just always be this like, hey, I'm just going to fight. Is that okay, Adrian? Everyone <laughs> seems to want me to fight. I'll just fight. And he's like, okay, Rocky. You know, and that's the idea. And it betrays the whole character. But you yeah. could just like solve a lot of headaches by Adrian being like, I, 
<laughs> but even just, I mean, even if you take him on tour to different countries to train in different environments and like just yeah. experience different cultures from maybe a semi-comedic perspective, I'd be brilliant. I just yeah. watch that all day long. Like, do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that could work. And it could be like he's this ambassador for peace now. So it literally is he gets sent into war zones to like, you know, try and talk it out. And he usually fights a tribal elder or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I would watch all of that. Absolutely, um, fantastic. <laughs> well, Sheffy, that's just lovely, very lovely. Um, so, listen, my man. I guess the final order of business is to uh, discover what what you have in mind for us for next. I'm week. so torn. I'm so torn. Um, I went from like you know an empty clip to suddenly three ideas coming to me. Uh, and now I really don't know. I had two ideas, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then I had another one. So I don't know. But you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to say the one on my mind at the moment. Um, and the reason I kind of chose it is because they keep saying they're going to make this sequel, but they haven't yet. And so kind of Cruz beat us to it by actually making Top Gun 2, because I'm sure we would have got to it sooner or later. So I sort of thought, well, it seems to be happening it seems to be getting closer they are actually going to make the sequel so maybe we should do ours quickly just before we get we even hear about anything that might be happening it's a weird one it's not necessarily an us one but it's one we've both seen um it's 80s it's beetlejuice jimmy oh so i would like a beetlejuice too yes and it could be made now or then or anytime that's really lovely. Funnily enough, um, Baldwin was on that Rob Lowe po podcast I was talking about. Nice. And they spend at least five minutes talking about the fact that he got really shortchanged in Beetlejuice. Everybody else had like fun, wacky things to do, different stuff to do. <laughs> and he just had this awful shirt that he stuck in the whole movie. <laughs> and he just hated it, apparently. It's really fun and cute how he talks about it. But yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, Sheppy. Um, well, look, I might even try and rewatch that because I can't really remember it very well, I'll be honest. Like, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. Lovely. Absolutely. Well, lovely. Uh, yeah, very nice. Well, that's exciting, Jimmy. Very nice. So how do we end this particular humdinger? Stand on a mountain and go, Jimmy! But I don't want to do that. <laughs> hey, here's a thought. Mm. Is Adrian at the bottom of the mountain? And she always remembers, we did it. And then she hears echoing across the valley, Drago. Oh, great. I go away for like a couple of weeks and then we found someone else screaming this other guy's <laughs> name all over the place. But livid. Rocky finally gets down from the mountain. No idea how he got up there. Finally finds his way back to the place. She's locked him out. He freezes to death. End of film credits. There you go. Don't call people's names from a long way away. <laughs> it's a good life lesson, Sheppy. Good luck. To take away with it. I mean, this one's been around for some time for a Sheppy, and I just want to say I've I've already butchered it. I was going to say, "Yo, Sheppy, we did it," but no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, ding ding. Lovely. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs>